Are you ready for the weekend yet? We have events, news, and a guest for you to enjoy this Lake Life weekend. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lake Life Weekend Podcast. I'm Dirk, I'm your host, and today we will have with us Scott Hannon from AM1100 The Flag, and we talked about his career in radio broadcasting, his daily show, and how it is to own a radio station, which is part of many people's lives here in Lakes Country because the signal is so strong it reaches up to Bemidji. So please stay tuned for this. We are very excited to invite you to our expo coming to Fargo March 22nd, 23rd, Friday, Saturday in just a couple weeks. We have about 50 vendors on floor. We have a food court. We have live program on stage. We have a beanbag tournament. Please go to explorelakelife.com to sign up for the tournament. We have a Fargo Brewing beer bar and we have the crop dusters on stage Friday night from 6 to 8 and thanks to Choice Bank this event is free of admission um, we have a lot of program a lot of vendors on the floor and now we need you to have a lot of fun so please come March 22nd 23rd go to our website explorelakelife.com for more details Fargo Downtown Civic Center and now I don't want to keep this much longer for our interview with Scott Hannon. Enjoy and have a great weekend ahead. Hello, welcome to our interview part. I'm here with Scott Hannon. Hi Scott. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you for joining us. Um, you were just in our uh, location, in our shop broadcasting and I uh, invited you for a podcast not really to talk about your program we'll definitely touch it but more about your story um, you you and your family own a radio station um, you broadcast into lakes country so I guess everybody knows you and your program the flag so I thought I capture the behind the scenes uh, who is Scott uh, where is he from what what is his lake life all about and um, yeah just tell us um, I, are you Where are you from? How did you start to be a radio broadcaster? So I was born um, into a radio family. Liter okay. Literally, my uh, birth announcement had a microphone on it <laughs> because my parents were in the business at the time. My dad was graduate of Brown Institute, a uh, famous um, uh, you know, uh, broadcast school down in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Mm -hmm. And uh, he uh, went to work in Beloit, Wisconsin, 1962, and went to, from there to Pipestone, Minnesota. Uh, I was born when they were in Pipestone, and um, you know my earliest memories are being around a radio station. So that's really all I've done. Been in the radio business since uh, I was uh, little, and uh, part time since I was 12 years old, really? uh, and full time since I was a freshman in high school. Really? Yeah. So um, where's Pipestone? Pipestone would be in Southwest Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, down uh, down there. So. Lived in Minnesota for a number of years, then over to Laverne, then okay. came up to Montevideo, Minnesota, which would be more west central. Yeah. Uh, moved from um, Montevideo to Clorinda, Iowa for a year and a half. It kind of became radio gypsies. Okay. Uh, my dad was trying to build a, a, a different radio station and compete with his previous 
um, employer, which doesn't ever go real well. And so a lot of regulatory hoops to jump through and some, some uh, you know, legal things to, to try and get done. So in the meantime, he went down um, to, to run a radio station in Clarinda, Iowa for a year and a half and uh, kind of spruce one up that needed a little help. And then uh, here on South Dakota for a year and a half. And then we came back to Montevideo, my hometown, hometown where I graduated from, from high school there. So it was, uh, you know, actually, I look back, I loved every minute of it because, you know, I did feel a little like a gypsy. But it was, it was you, you met new people. And I went to three different high schools in three years. And, you know, I didn't, I really didn't, I didn't feel like I was missing anything, you know. How big is your family? Do you have siblings? Yes, I do. I'm the oldest. Uh, and I have... Uh, I have uh, three uh, siblings, okay. and uh, the youngest is my little brother Chris, who's uh, 76. Two girls in between us, so uh, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, interesting time. And of course, uh, many of them were in radio for a while. None right now, but uh, you know, it was truly a radio family. We grew up at the radio station. So where's your headquarters then now for the radio station? It's in Fargo. That's what I thought. Yep, it's on I-29 um, between uh, Thunder Road and the New Border States. We just moved in December into a into a new building, new from, facility. From downtown, correct? We were downtown from 2008 until um, 2012. And um, yeah, that, that, that project, the downtown building, was actually a building that was uh, uh, that I did in a different partnership. I left okay. that partnership. Uh, was bought out of my contract and left, and then the uh, my previous partner sold the radio station back to us, uh-huh. and uh, and so we uh, we now have uh, uh, there was at one time four radio stations with that, we, we just bought the, the one back AM 1100 the flag and okay. decided to specialize in in talk radio. All right, all right, and your reach is uh, help me on the map. You reach up to Bemidji. Yeah, our our signal is a it's a fifty thousand watt uh, AM signal daytime, so it's a giant signal okay. at daytime. In fact, biggest single radio signal in western Minnesota. Really, you know, really covers, you know, Marshall, Minnesota to Warroad and and and, uh, and and stretched out to the east to uh, St. Cloud. I've listened to a clear as a bell in downtown Minneapolis. You know, so it's got a pretty good signal into uh, Minnesota uh, during the day. Uh, North Dakota uh, about to steal, um, mm-hmm. just about not quite to Bismarck. But a good chunk then down into South Dakota as well. So it's got a good signal. Okay. And then uh, I'm an amateur. Like, where's the antenna? Is it? Where, where yeah, so it's send? in Sabin, Minnesota. Ah. Yeah. Out, uh, not too far, obviously, from uh, Fargo-Moorhead Metro. But there's two, two towers there that send it out. AM radio stations rely on ground conductivity. That's how they get the signal out. So you want to, you know, you're going there. FMs have to have height. So they're the larger towers that want to be as high as they possibly can on a mountain, if they can, okay. to send the signal the furthest. AM, it's all about the ground. So they're shorter towers, usually work in good farm fields. Okay, okay. Interesting. And then just some technology talk. So how does that work? Because now we take everything for granted. You know, the, we have the world on our fingertips nowadays. How does a radio work? I mean, I'm, I, I don't even know if my 10-year-old son understands radio because all he knows is YouTube and the Internet, right? Yeah, it's amazing. So you send it uh, through a copper wire to the tower and it gets transformed and then it's... Uh, uh Sends out on, on waves, on radio waves, mm-hmm. you know, modulated waves, mm-hmm. uh, AM and FM um, modulation. And uh, obviously then the receivers pick that up. But, you know, the industry has also adapted very well, I think, to hey, people get things, uh, their content in many different ways. So, you know, we podcast all of our shows and put those up. We, uh, uh, we have apps for people to listen online. Um, live stream on the website. Live stream, yep, yep. So a lot of different ways for people to do that. So you pretty much own a media company? 
I mean, you are a media company. Right, and that's, you know, at one time we were a radio station, but we're really more of a media company now, you're right. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the entity is uh, co-owned by myself and my broadcast partner, Steve Hallstrom. Mm-hmm. Um, not broadcast partner, but business partner, but he's on the air in the morning. I see. I'm on the air uh, right after him uh, at 9, but he does our, our morning show. But he's the president, managing partner. I'm, uh, you know, a partner and uh, do a lot of... Uh, work with clients, uh, just helping them determine how to build their business and also obviously on the air. Um, my role is sort of, uh, all right, here's the problem. What, what should we do to fix it? Well, we could do that. We could do this. We should, you know, try that, you know, and more on the creative side. So love it. Love what we do. And uh, it's great fun. We have a radio station also out in the Bakken uh, in the middle of uh, all that oil oh, development yeah, going yeah. on there. We bought KTGO a number of years ago, and that's been around in the in the um, oil capital of North Dakota, Tioga, North Dakota, for a lot of years. And uh, we program into two other radio stations. They're iHeart Media stations, KFIRE 550, which is the oldest radio station in North Dakota. It has uh, also got a huge signal, five states, two Canadian provinces, and uh, and then KLTC and Dickinson. So uh, two that we own and operate, two that we program into with the shows, uh, What's on Your Mind, Energy Matters. And then uh, we also have an entity called Fieldstone Group, uh, that's a consulting group mainly. Work with a lot of uh, energy companies, uh, some companies out of uh, Washington D.C. Uh-huh. Um, you know, different folks that are looking for advocacy and advice on, you know, how to reach the, the grassroots. So yeah. So a public relations. Yeah. Uh, well, it, a lobbyism, public. Yeah, we don't we don't lobby necessarily, um, but we you know we're basically advising folks on on how they can better get their message out. Right. Doing doing the consulting. So. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So um, how how big is a f- company like that today? Is it like twenty two employees? Okay, right Fair now, enough. growing all the time. Yeah, okay. and um, invite you to come see our studios sometime. I would love to. The office, it's a fun place. Got a little group space there, team space. Everybody's out there having a good time and working hard. A lot of energy. It's a fun group. So um, you have editors, and like, how does that work? Uh, bef- before we receive your program here in Lakes Country, let's say. Um, is there journal- obviously journalists? So how how is that? How does a day in a radio station look like before the people receive your message? Yeah, so um, you know we have uh, majority of our programs are uh, opinion programs. Yeah. Um, so you know while we have news readers, we don't focus a lot on the news gathering. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we have newsmakers on, so you're asking questions that make news, but it isn't necessarily uh, news in the traditional sense. But uh, the worker bees, if you will, would be more the producer, more the engineer, making sure everything's, you know, uh, what, what, what cuts do I have from, you know, the testimony of, uh, of, of somebody in Congress today? Or, you know, I want to ask this guest about that, so I need the audio clip, you know. So, you know, the producer's going to grab that. Uh, the engineer's going to get it ready to play. They're doing that type of work um, for the hosts to then get on and basically uh, conduct uh, the orchestra, if you will. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. kind of give your own opinions, ask for opinions from listeners, take calls, uh, and just really facilitate the conversation more than anything. I always say talk radio, in my mind, was the original social media. Right. Because you can talk back to it. It's the only media you can talk back to, you right. know. It's interactive. Yep. You call, you text, you know, you're, you're doing that. So it's very much like, like social media in that regard, whereas a newspaper, you can't. You can write a letter to an editor, but you're going to get delayed gratification there, right? Right. Uh, it's going to go in two weeks later, or television newscast you can't talk back to, but right. radio you can. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, nothing, in my opinion. I mean, the internet is 20 years old. We are having all those hypes and talks about big social media networks. And as you said, that is actually not really new. I mean, um, we are just distributing information uh, in m new channels. You right. Know? I yeah. mean, there, there, there was a book press invented hundreds of years ago, Gutenberg. Like, we, 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 we distribute. And you distribute over radio, but now you just need to add another media, a podcast, or or the internet. The real, the yeah. real um, jewel is the content. Yes, you know, and and being different and being unique and having uh, the following. Yes, uh, and then how it gets out is sort of uh, just kind of the, the means to the end. But yeah, right. So the, speaking of following um, and engagement, I'm seriously, I'm curious. So how? M how many people listen or how many how, how big is the audience so um, it's a bit of a challenge to answer that question in the sense we have four radio stations two of which are subscribers to uh, the Nielsen reports two of which are not uh, so we usually have to do it basically we'll go to the advertising agencies and we'll say you know hey can you cobble all that information together um, because you know we can't do it for that station but we can do it for our own and so they end up putting it together so uh, the the highest rated show just because it's on four uh, radio stations is what's on your mind and uh, uh, the last estimate I saw was 150,000 listeners a week to that show um, and then so you know basically what you do is you take that show and then uh, the morning show and then you know Rush Limbaugh Sean Hannity uh, our sports programming all those and, and, and put them together and and try to come up with some semblance. You know, it's funny, you don't really hear, I don't have advertisers come to me and say, how many listeners do you have? Yeah. They want to know, tell me about your listener. What is your listener? What, you know, right. it's, it's more of, uh, is this audience receptive? And that's what we sell. We sell the, the quality of the audience before we talk about numbers or anything else because uh, in our case, the people that are buying um, generally are people that uh, aren't looking for the best bargain aren't in, you know, necessarily right. kind of a typical consumer like a Walmart or a Target. Uh, they're more of a savvy buyer. They want a good product. They're willing to pay a fair price for it. They aren't going to negotiate. They just, you know, a, it's going to be a fairly quick transaction. Just get them what they want, you know. I mean, I know you run a business, uh, obviously, and you need to make a living. You have a family. But I believe, uh, listening or hearing, you, you, you are content-driven and you believe in sending a message right yes so what like your drive is um your program and uh, uh and and you were successful like um like an influencer you you have a following that want to hear your opinion and and the news like how how do you identify yourself like i mean i almost tried to do that but like how do you see yourself actually as a broadcast professional yeah I mean uh, the the technical industry term would be talk show host yeah talk show host. right um, but um, obviously a commentator Commentary. you know would be another example of that I don't really think about it too much yeah. you know but I uh, you know I I have strong opinions I've been on uh, doing talk radio since 1986. 1986 so a long time and when you do that you just learn to sort of okay what's my gut feel out of this where, where is my compass point me and I can have that down in 30 seconds. In other words, you can tell me, you know, a, a scenario. Uh, I believe this. My friend believes this. Who's right, Scott? I would say, mm, do, 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 do. I have that out in a, a nanosecond to say, let me tell you what I, what I think. You know, it's just kind of what you do. It's in your yeah. DNA to, to do it that way. So, uh, you know, influencer is um, a compliment because I think if your opinion is uh, well thought out enough, 
that it will influence people and say, you know, I never thought of that, but I, I agree with them, you know, and the thing, right. you, the thing you hear most often in talk radio is, you know, I believe what you believe, but I didn't really know that until I heard you, and then I help. Right. It, uh, w- w- when you talk, I can, I can. It tells me, oh, that's how I think, and then I, I feel some sort of uh, almost joy to uh, have the idea that other people think like I do out there, right? And then, then you kind of build on it, and you get more comfortable with your thoughts. So that's a, it's an awesome responsibility, but I, I, I do like it. But you are an influencer, obviously. If you reach 150,000 unique listeners in a week, uh, and I mean, influencers is a modern term where we have influencers on Instagram uh, wearing a T-shirt and all of a sudden everybody wants that T-shirt, but you are an influencer by opinion, uh, talk radio. Uh, In your history of, what is it, 30-plus years as a host, when did you burn your fingers? Uh, uh, how has it been challenging? Um, you know, did you, you know, like yeah, give us an well, insight? What, well, what I'll, give, I'll give you one, um, and you know, if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't go there, even though I don't believe that I said anything that was wrong. But um, there was a candidate for um, uh, Secretary of State in North Dakota that was running against the incumbent. It was a younger fellow. I knew him, um, and uh, you know, just a delightful guy. Him and his wife, uh, you know, young family, just, you know, the whole thing. And uh, he really was, was was passionate about wanting to get into to politics. So he decided to challenge the sitting longtime uh, Secretary of State. And I supported him, despite some people getting upset with me because I didn't go with the traditional candidate. And I did so because I knew him and I'd seen him. I'd actually been on a retreat with him. I did a retreat one time down by the Twin Cities at a, at a, at a it was a silent retreat. Uh, a Catholic silent retreat, and uh, I went down there and really enjoyed it. He was there, and, uh, you know, I knew him well before that. But anyway, long story short, um, he, um, it was found out uh, a number of years earlier, had been arrested for peering into some windows at a dorm at NDSU. And, uh, and, and, and you know, obviously a, a women's dorm where the women were undressing, and he's, you know, so, uh, and he had he'd been arrested for it, and, and he hadn't told anybody about it hadn't done anything with it okay um and, and so he came out and he apologized and then he had to decide am i still going to run for this or am i not right mm. um and i said uh, some version of this Dirk. i said um you know uh it's very unfortunate obviously that he didn't tell people this so you could have that decision on the front end but we find out now and now we've got to make a judgment is he sorry is he not why didn't he tell anybody would you have told somebody whatever right um because it's 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 sad now, I also presented uh, some data points because I'd gone to a graduation party the weekend after this broke, and the chatter was about this event. And the women at the graduation party commenting about this man looking in the windows said something like the following over and over. If you don't want anybody to look at you, you should close the windows. Don't blame the guy outside the window. Close the, close the curtain. Yeah, close the curtain. So, don't, don't, don't. You know. So I'm like, wow. If I said that, that would sound horrible. But this is this is a woman saying it, right? And and maybe they're so they they weren't ready to throw him to the to the wolves. So I told the story on the air. I said, you know, these women say that, and you know, uh, you know, all I know is if the guy says I'm sorry, uh, and I screwed up and I shouldn't have done it, I'm going to I'm going to consider that. 
you know, I don't think he's got a death sentence from having done that to ever be able to do anything ever again, right? Of course, as a Christian. Right, yeah, you're, 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 you're saying there's some forgiveness there. Absolutely. I, I said, what's interesting is this is a battle to run against a Democratic candidate who is gay. And I hold zero against the candidate because of his chosen sexuality. What I don't care for is this idea that because he is very vocal in his sexuality, that it has to be this sort of thing always, right? I mean, uh, this is this is something that drives me a little crazy with with, with the uh, with, with the uh, you know with the you know the the whole rainbow agenda. Look, I, I don't want to know, right? I mean, you just just do what you do and don't make this big giant thing out of it with flags and parades and you know everything else. So, I, explaining you know the agenda part of that what bothers me. Not that that individual is. Now, my Catholic faith teaches me that's a sin. If one man is with another man, it's biblically referred to many times. So, do I hate you? Do I not love you? Because No, but I'm, I'm just going to tell you that's what my belief is. Absolutely. And it, I'm going to be true. I'm going to actually tell you this. So, I'm telling this whole story on the air like this, right? And I'm saying, uh, isn't it ironic? This guy is sorry. He's atoned for his sin. He's Catholic. He's probably been to a you know confessional and, and said, I'm sorry. So, he's he's owned up to it and done. This guy over here is in a relationship that's outside marriage that is a sin. In your opinion. Right, uh, yeah, it, by, by, by the, right. The, the, the faith that I believe, mm-hmm. right? That, that you look in the Bible, and so I'm not trying to win that debate because I'm just going to tell you what I believe. Right. But so here's one guy over here that is, that is, that is in my view, very, you know, black and white sinned. The other guy over here said his story, and... and we're acting like, you know, this guy's the hero over here. How does that work? So I was just walking through that whole thing. Well, it ended up, I'm encouraging people to look into windows and, uh, you know, it was the so girl's fault because she didn't shut the deal. And I'm, how could I, how could I, uh, you know, say what I said about him and being gay and everything else? And I mean, three horrific letters um, to the editor. There were opinion pieces by, you know, uh, all the Democratic, uh, you know, operative types, just barrage from that one thing. And so, you know, I, I guess just for the sake of my family, I probably wouldn't go there again. Mm-hmm. And I'd give you that as an example of burn figures. I, pro- mm-hmm. I apologize for the long story, but... No, no, no. You know, it, What's it, interesting it, is, do you, how, I mean, you are on the air, you do a live program. Um, so how quick can you bite your tongue or not you know what i mean yeah like it's a you, reaction time of kind of driving there's a deer so like when you i've really learned i've learned over the years to just be still um and you know in other words, somebody will call and they're, they're going to spew and they're mad and they're saying this that and the other thing and you know uh, there was a time in my career i would have pounced and just said you know knock it off let's go let's battle right now now i just sort of let them go best i can you know interject at a, at, a, at a time where there's a little bit of a pause and just say, can I tell you why I don't agree with you? Can we you know, talk about this? And then try to have the conversation. Nine times out of 10, the person buries themselves. They're, they're just off the rails, you know, uh, spitting nails mad. And, uh, and so then tons of people call and say, what a bozo, what an idiot, what a da 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 da. So I don't, I don't, I, I, I try to just take a deep breath, okay. you know, uh, before I, end up going there I you know the, the nice thing is that I've never um, I've never really struggled to know what I believe right yeah so I, I know who I am I'm grounded in what I believe and so it's pretty easy when you're just saying who you are 
Well, you have a you have a um, unique situation. You are very established. Um, I I keep saying influencer. You you are a figure. You are an anchor. You have your following. I guess people also very much expect. They have an expectation now. Uh, uh, you know uh, of what you would say could say. But you probably transformed. I mean, if you started uh, helping in a radio station age 12 and you learned, you saw, you admired your father probably or who, who like others and you grew into becoming a broadcaster and now you're there 30 years. And looking back at all that history or an experience, um, like what is your drive? Or um, again, like what do you want to... Um, how do I say that stimulate like in, in my culture I'm from Germany we are taught at school to uh, question everything actually and uh, reflect mm, I oftentimes um, 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 question too much for the culture that I'm exposed to in the Midwest uh, and uh, people misunderstand me I feel um, they clearly don't misunderstand me because I just questioned everything <laughs> but like in your position do you want to stimulate people to because your program is common sense. Like, do you actually want to initiate a, a, a thought process? Do you want to... Even people could prove you wrong. I mean, you may be opinionated. I think we could. So how do you, how do you feel like when you... And with your responsibility to reach so many people, are you driven to actually, like, elevate them? Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's what I would hope. I mean, I would hope I elevate them. Educate sounds like yeah. I'm indoctrinating. I don't mean that, but I mean... In other words, here's what I believe. Here's why I believe it, and come along, come along. You know, yeah. I, let's let's uh, let's go for this ride, and uh, and see if people do that. I you know, I also have strong uh, faith, um, and and you know, I don't take a, a two by four uh, to people with that. But the, when when the opportunity presents itself, I'm not going to be afraid to, you know, uh, share, uh, uh, you know, something that uh, that might lift them up. Yeah. That might uh, give them a little bit of a, you know, we've had people call and cry about something or, you know, a story about a suicide or whatever. And, you know, why would God do this? And, and I'll just break right in to say, look, we're not supposed to understand why God does what he does. Right. Mm -hmm. But he loves you. He loves, uh, you know, your son. He loves, uh, uh, you know, the one you lost. And, you know, just kind of try and walk it through with him. So I'm not, I'm not afraid to do that. If I if I had any quote unquote agenda. Um, with, with what I hope to accomplish, it would be that. It would be that, you know, that I do things that are worthy of my creator, that, uh, that, 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 that the way God wants me to operate with that power of the microphone, you know. And some people might say, well, wait a minute, you're a Donald Trump fan. Uh, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're, you, uh, you like President Trump, you like uh, Republican politics, and all they want to do is, you know, starve, uh, you know, children and, and um and throw old people uh, over the cliff, you know, and I would say, well, that's the persona. That's not right. I mean, I, I actually think, um, um, you know, uh, the I would argue, for instance, if we were sitting here saying who's better, Democrats or Republicans, I would say most Democrats are supporters of, champions of, promoters of, funders of government programs. They believe that, you know, we need more programs to help people. I actually believe that in enslaves people in a way uh, that, that puts chains around them that gets them dependent on a, on a government program when I would much rather they take advantage of all the awesome opportunity that we have in America to build their own life and not be dependent on the government or anything right so 
who's right, who's wrong, I don't know. History will decide that. But my point is, um, that's what I'd want them to think and uh, and 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 think a little bit differently. Of there's 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 nothing dark or harsh or mean about wanting people to to you know realize the American dream and live. And so that would probably be the closest thing I'd say to a Dirk of of, of a, an agenda, if you will, or you know overall. Obviously, um, digging into political things is you know if a, if a story is. Um, uh, okay, uh, you know, um, Russian collusion from Donald Trump. Okay, well, what makes you think there was Russian collusion? I want you to know that. Well, it's all over the TV. That's all they talk about. Well, but I know, but what's the genesis of that? Where did they get that it's Russian collusion? And we'll go way down here and we'll find the Democratic Party funding a uh, dossier that they then, uh, you know, uh, give to a FISA to get an investigation going and all of a sudden all these seeds have been planted. So I like to kind of dig into it a little bit and say, here's why I think why I do. And it'd be easy just to say, oh, there's Russian collusion because somebody on TV said there was, but I don't want them to. So I, I understand, and I, I, I'm with you there. So you're actually questioning everything yeah. in a way yeah. and digging in to, to, I, to find the truth. Or like, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I got it. That's good, good. Um, you are traveling a lot. Uh, you came to Perm today. I think every Monday you were in Bismarck. Um, you have an assistant with you at all times, it seems. Uh, mm -hmm. You're a very busy man. Uh, um, how do you rejuvenate? How do you balance life? You mentioned uh, an, a retreat that you attended. Uh, I actually have a, a close friend, um, um, actually my mentor, and he goes on those retreats. I have heard of those. I've never attended one. So how do you balance? Um, do you balance lake? Do you balance with your family at home? You have a dog yourself. Explain how does that work as a high energy person like you confronted with so many uh, things? Um, so it's not easy. I will say that because my wheels are always turning. Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking about that, that next thing. But I've gotten better the older I've gotten. I'm 54 now of, of just being able to, you know, unplug a little bit. My wife uh, one one day told me uh, the phone, my phone, to her is like the other woman, right? And and it it, it really can be, because you just you know get so in. In other words, I love them. I love what they did in in allowing me to do what I need to do anywhere that I'm at, right? Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, that also takes me away sometimes from things that are, uh, you know, family moments. So I. I try really hard to, to balance it. You know, lake life has been a part of, uh, of that rejuvenation. Um, grew up on Lake Minnewaska down by Glenwood, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, and um, we lived in Montevideo, but we'd go there every weekend. Folks bought a, a cabin there that was really neat. And uh, when I moved to Fargo, started spending a lot of time at Lake Sally, Lake Melissa. Yeah. And um, really was on uh, West McDonald for a time. So I, 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 I love that. Now, when I was single... Uh, I loved it in a different way. I loved it in a, I'm going to the Hotel Shoreham, I'm going to Zorba's, I'm going to, you know, let's let's go out there and, and uh, see who I can bump into and uh, see and be seen kind of deal, right? Uh, and uh, pick up material for the show. As I've gotten older, you know, I love going to, we go to Union Lake now, uh, okay. which is a little further up north and not much around it, and it's just perfect, you know, just uh, quiet. quiet and, uh, you know, a great time to watch the kids skiing or uh, having their fun and, you know, hop on a jet ski. There's nothing like that first boat ride or that first uh, jet ski ride after a long weekend. I'll never forget. I, I remember when it finally hit me. 
I would come from Grand Forks after long weeks, and I would round the bend at, at Lake Sally where you finally could see the water. Yeah. So I'd come south off 10 and, and then, um, you know, at Audubon there, and uh, you'd come around the bend, and you'd see all the water. Yeah. And I always felt like the entire weight of the world was lifting off my shoulders. Yeah. Just from that first view, rounding the corner of the lake. Mm-hmm. Feel the same way you can hop on a jet ski and just go, you know. Yeah. So the lakes have been an important part of that for sure. Um, I don't sit still well, you know, so I can't do the hammock thing or whatever. But, you know, like Perm, my gosh, what an incredible community. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I'm most sad about the hardware store closing, though, because I could spend oh. hours there. Yeah. I did get there for the final sale and buy a few things really cheap. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, it's, it's it, you know, it's fun, too, to kind of come in and kick the, you know. I love going out to eat, you know, finding a good spot to eat, heading over to Vergas or going, yeah. you know, really love that. Outside of lake season... Because our family isn't isn't much of a, we just have one daughter at home now. My my wife um, uh, also grew up on a lake, and uh, her folks, uh, that's the cabin we go to now at Union. Um, yeah, we have a um, graduate from UND last year, so he's just now in the workforce. And then we have a sophomore at Yale actually, and uh-huh. we have a sophomore in high school. I see. Uh, so only one home now, but in the summers they're around, and we just you know we go there outside of the summers. Um, hockey, UND hockey. Go, mm-hmm. go up to Grand Forks a lot. Yeah. Uh, check that out. And uh, at home, um, you so know. Sports is a balance to you? Like those events yeah. you attend to, yeah. to rejuvenate? Yeah, watch the game, see some friends, yeah. you know, usually go with the kids. I try as much as possible when I'm not um, engaged on the air to uh, be present uh, for my wife, be present for my daughter, whoever, whatever is there. It's just, okay. you know, it's a constant challenge, trust me. But, I mean, I, I say that to when I walk in there, just be present for them. Just, you know, tendency to come in and want to talk 100 miles an hour about my day. Try not to. Just, you know, how was their day? Listen, listen, listen. Be still. So that's that's the drill. <laughs> but you also said a key word, uh, and I, I mean, I feel the energy. You can hear it. I think everybody knows you a little bit better. Um, you have a jet ski. Oh yes. So you you love the you love the motorized. You l- you like the noise. I'm I'm the opposite. Like I get in the kayak. I I have a kayak. I have a canoe, uh, and uh, I like the silence. It's funny. My I, the noise makes me crazy. I mean the lack of noise makes me crazy. Really? So the lack of noise is actually loud for me. Right. You know, really? yeah, like I would, I would, I would not last on the beach. I'd have to grab the book or whatever. I couldn't just take it in. Now my wife's the exact opposite, <laughs> I, so I'm an extrovert in a, in a house full of introverts. You know, okay, they, they love the quiet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't get it much with me around, unfortunately. Interesting. Have you ever like um, participated in like uh, races, uh, like jet ski races? No, no, no. no. It's just, just so a fun. fart around, let your hair go, you know, mm. flying, and yeah, yeah, putts around the lake, go look at uh, whatever, just see what's new. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, uh, speaking of Fargo, uh, tell us a little bit, like the culture in Fargo seems, uh, everybody's at the lake in the summer, um, it's it's also almost, it's lake culture, whether it's North Dakota or not, but we are all driven here. Tell us a little bit about, um, what do you think about Fargo, like how it has transformed, and that's your home now, right? It Obviously, is, yep, you've been, been in Fargo since uh, 2001. And uh, Fargo's a great city, great community. I mean, really, the whole be- West Fargo, fastest growing city in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. You know, you got mm-hmm. you got Horace, which is exploding. You mm-hmm. got you know, um, you know, it, it, the whole the whole bedroom community around it is really uh, something. And 
you know, obviously a lot of agrarian roots and a lot of uh, a lot of things uh, manufacturing with uh, you know Case IH and Bobcat. Um, you know, but downtown very cosmopolitan. Um, you're right about it having a lake culture because Fargo empties out mm-hmm. on the weekend of the summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, where is everybody? Mm-hmm. You know, you can get in a restaurant with no weight, you know, the whole thing. So When I moved there 10 years ago, I, I, like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It's empty. It is. I go to Fargo on the weekends from Lakes Country because it's so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's something to that, too. There's something to that for sure. Yeah. No, I, and I'm, I'm impressed with what Fargo has happened. You know, Doug Burgum, obviously, um, and that, that uh, you know, other folks like the old Broadway owners, Randy Thorson mm-hmm. and and, uh, and Warren Ackley, uh, you know, those kind of pioneers of downtown, mm-hmm. uh, really started something. And it's pretty cool. It's really amazing. Now, now a skyscraper going up for crying out loud in Block 9, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's amazing. But, you know, every corner of, of, of Fargo is is growing and, and has its own little... Uh, Kind of cosmopolitan feel to mm-hmm. it, yeah. So it's a, it's a fun town to live in, no doubt about it. See, well, the weird thing is, I spent 18 years in Grand Forks, oh. hating Fargo, oh. because if you live in Grand Forks, you usually hate Fargo. NDSU, you're jealous. Yeah, the UND NDSU thing. They get everything to interstates. It's busier. Oh really? But then we quickly came down and said, "Wow, wouldn't live anywhere else." Really? Yeah, and of course our kids. You know, I mentioned my daughter. Our daughter Hannah is at Yale. I mean. Catholic school education, John Paul II schools. That's the reason she's there. It's not me. It's not her mom. It's, uh, you know, uh, the education she got there, the experiences she got there, and, and got accepted there. You know, it's just uh, amazing. So the kids have had, uh, you know, a great school uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, yeah. just a great community to grow up in. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so too. Um, a little uh, back to your media company. Where do you see the future of uh, broadcasting? Uh, or, like, how do you see the future of transmitting information yeah so i think uh, broadcasting um really is is the mechanism of how something gets delivered and really Mm -hmm. centered around radio and tv now radio has been around forever Mm -hmm. uh when it came after tv came after everybody Mm -hmm. thought it'd be done well it it hasn't been right Mm -hmm. so it just kind of continues to be there because it's mobile really again it's it's Mm -hmm. it was the mobile phone before the mobile phone was cool (laughs) you know uh so i I just think it continues Mm -hmm. to win that having been said the focus clearly is on programming Mm -hmm. what i do is different than what a country music station does what Mm -hmm. uh, you know and uh, and their personalities and and the music they play is different than the topics I'm tackling and, you know, uh, the audience we attract. How do we use that to help businesses we work with grow, uh, you know, knowing these parts go with that. It's how, how that all that all starts with content. Mm-hmm. It all starts with, uh, you know, um, something that is tangible. And broadcasting is one way to get it out. But there's a lot of ways to get it out. The focus really has to be on being a content factory more right. than, a, than a broadcaster. Yeah. yeah. So does your group, do you create new programs, new content? Like, let's say, a, a dog show, and you talk about, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. How does that work? How do you create new program to keep the listeners? Or how do you connect to the millennial versus uh, your generation? Because I used to be an art dealer, for example. And um, when you're an art dealer and you like certain s- style, let's say, you can communicate that to your generation very well um, not necessarily to people two generations ahead of you because it's just too different do you how do you stay connected to the generations to the future of your own broadcasting media company to deliver content how do 
Well, one of the one of the great things about um, talk radio is that you're talking to your audience every day. Right. So there's constant feedback, right? right? So you're sort of evolving with them. I mean, Donald Trump would be another good example, okay? So um, if I was to say of all the time I've been on the air, um, you know, most of the candidates that the listeners would say, I like this person and here's why, uh, would be not at all like Donald Trump, right? Maybe a little bit Mitt Romney for the business side of it. I don't remember uh, prior to that, somebody with the, the business acumen, mm-hmm. uh, right? So a little bit there, but basically the style, the, you know, the e- e- everything else. Well, uh, I was, I was, you know, first in Marco Rubio's camp and then I was, you know, I like Ben Carson a lot and okay, how about Ted Cruz? And, and uh, n- now it's, now it's Donald Trump's turn. Our audience, way ahead of that, way ahead of that. And the reason they were is they were fed up with the way government operated. That, you know, we're going to do this or we're going to do that, we'll do this, and they never do it. They don't end up doing it. And, uh, you know, it's like the border thing right now. Donald Trump didn't invent the crisis at the border. He inherited it. He's saying, let's do something about it, and here's what I want to do and what I said I'd do during the campaign. So that was a good example where the audience was way ahead of the Trump phenomenon. And I came to understand it, and it was out of total frustration. It was, here's a guy that's willing to fight, and he might not be uh, necessarily the kind of person I'd want to call my uncle, or that, that, uh, that I would, you know, a you know, New York developer, uh, you know, what does he do? He fights, right? And uh, not, not everybody here in the good old Midwest is going to be a fighter, but they love the fact that somebody's fighting for them. And I think also the whole forgotten American thing. People really feel forgotten. They don't. They feel like they're left behind to the to the elites and 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 people you know, uh, who donate enough money to influence things to get things done. And so here's a guy that came out and talked about the issues they care about, and ran. So I, I learned from them, and that's how you can. I think you just stay ahead of it, uh, on where it's going by listening. And I, I, honestly, every day, two and a half hours on the air, the thing that gives me the best charge, is a caller, mm-hmm. in a story. Right. And I can just sit there and listen, take it in and say, wow, you know, and every day somebody says something, I'm just like, wow. So you're very like your audience is very engaged. You mentioned that a couple of times. So you would think or you feel that through the engagement of your audience, you're able to produce program like you're switching. Not not on the political. Let's just say you anything like in five anything. years. Are, are you going to add another program or like or? I mean, uh, there's more programs than the two on your radio station, right? I mean, like, how do you stay connected? Or do you are you fearing to be able to connect to 20-year-olds? Yeah, see, well, you know, while, um, you know, certainly we, like everybody, are wanting to find the millennials that, you know, are interested in what we do and make sure we're getting a content to them in a way that uh, they can consume it, mm-hmm. right? But I'm not going to go out and say, let's be the millennial station. No, because, no, no. you know, we're not going to be. We just got to find out, where, you know, with what we do, mm-hmm. what are we? We're, we're faith, family, freedom. We're, 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 you know, those are our, our three prisms that we look through. The people that come to us, they don't want to hear, you know, trash talk or, you know, uh, you know, Viagra commercials or, you know, whatever. They want, you know, they're, they're, they're a little, little more buttoned down. They love the flag. They love America. They love the founding fathers. They love, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. Freedom and the and and, uh, and and the faith side of it very important to them. So that guides us. Now within those boundaries, you're obviously mm-hmm. going to say, why aren't we doing a show about blank? You know, mm-hmm. hey, all these people keep calling about their pets. Maybe we should do a pet podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you're doing a pet podcast. Uh, 
through the prism of somebody that kind of believes like they do and hey i really i want to know more about that because i like him because of what he says during the day mm -hmm. you know well your foundation family freedom faith that is your program and that doesn't need to change you just maybe reinterpret it or like you just adjust to to the audience at its times like you you create a millennial program with the same elements just maybe in a different language maybe in a podcast format yeah okay i understand so so you're yeah so you're not changing your identity of course uh, uh i'm just curious i mean and i have you here right now well no and and, and honestly one of the challenges you always want to be i don't know i don't know if it happens in every industry but in radio y you know if two people called and said you should do a pet show we'd say hey everybody wants us to do a pet show <laughs> you know you got to be careful not to be all things to all people and just right. really have a tuned ear to boy that is building i've heard it enough times now that we ought to think about it yeah um because otherwise you you know you splinter your core audience and we're all about that core audience that just lives and dies in what we say yeah. and expanding that okay yeah you think your do you feel that your job um grew uh, how do i say that um i think you're one of those people that your your work is your life Th that doesn't mean that you don't have a family life but it makes you happy yeah, you absolutely. live for it, right? Yeah. Like, that's you. Yeah, and especially the fact that we own it. You know, yeah. uh, my partner and I, we own it. Uh, we control it. We can say, do we want to go this way? Do we want to go that way? Should we hire this person? Should we not? Uh, you know, you, you work like a dog, but it's fun. Yeah. You know, it's fun. It's You're building something. It's a yeah. good time. You work like a dog for the hospital. You're working for, you know, um, somebody that really doesn't care. If you don't do it, they'll just hire somebody else, you know? I mean, so I, I like that part of it, absolutely. Touchy question, maybe. Uh, do you think one of your children can take that over or h how long will will that be gone the, you know your yeah, Scott Hannon show like what happens because you are a brand you yeah. you are the thing how does that work how, what do you think about the future yeah i don't know i mean obviously i'd love it um our youngest daughter is the closest to uh sort of the personality that that i have um and you know loves to sell loves to you know um, loves to talk, uh, so she she would probably be the closest one because she's just a sophomore in high school, so she got a little ways to go, and, and we do too. And uh, our daughter that graduates from Yale, I'm not sure she's going to want to come back to Fargo and run the uh, a family company. You never know. Um, but I just let the good Lord sort all that out. I think it'd be I think it'd be uh, I think it'd be great. But uh, you know, we'll we'll just see where it goes. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, I think I learned a lot more than I knew, and I hope it was. I think it was a very interesting insight in, 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 in your life and what you do. I really appreciate it and all the time. Very and very inspiring. Thank you. I and enjoyed it. Thank you. I love I love answering questions. I, I switch sides once in a while and just answer the questions and not know what's coming. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, and I will take you up on a visit at your station. Please uh, do. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you much. Thanks. Have a great weekend ahead. Thanks, dear. Yeah, this was already our uh, newest episode of the Lake Life Weekend podcast. We sure hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tune in again next week with another great guest and updates. Always check out our website, uh, lakelifeweekend.com. And if you have some comments, please feel free to email us at hello at lakelifeweekend.com. And uh, you have a wonderful weekend ahead. Uh,